1: This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello, all of you good humans out there, and welcome to our Friday guest episode, episode number 55. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends over at A Arepa is a brain performance and maintenance drink. And if you're a fan of Good Humans Podcast, you'd know how important brain health is to me. So Arepa is made from New Zealand neuroberries, pine bark extract, and also L-theanine. And it's been developed by neuroscientists, which means you know it is good for you. They've spent over $4.5 million on clinical studies and research to land on the amazing formula they have come up with. This is something I've been using quite a bit lately and I can speak from experience. I love the product. I think it really adds some clarity to my mind and yeah, improves performance in a way that is different to energy drinks. You don't get that crash and burn. It's a far more sustained and clean energy. Highly recommend trying it out go to the show notes and click on the link and use the code goodhuman for 25% off, which is a massive discount. I highly encourage you to try out this product. It's something I believe in and I wouldn't try and get you guys on anything that I don't believe in. So check it out. Okay, today's guest is Rochelle Fox. Rochelle is a very close friend of mine, somebody who I'm always inspired by and somebody who I'm just very grateful for our friendship. Um, Rochelle is the co-owner and co-founder of Mindspo and Manifesti, which are meditation, res- meditation school and retreat, and also Manifesti is a manifestation app. Her partner, Chris Soul was actually on the podcast about eight to 10 weeks ago, and he's a great friend of mine too, so it was really nice to get to hear. The other side of, um, the story, Rochelle is mentioned quite a bit in Chris's, podcast and yeah it's nice to get to sit down and share Rochelle's story. A little trigger warning she does mention suicide at times Um, but yeah this is a conversation that I loved having. Meditation is something I care so much about and I've learned almost all of my skills from Rochelle and Chris so it was really cool to get to have a conversation with her. Um, Let's go, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Rochelle Fox. How are yeah. you going, right?
2: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. This is sick. I
1: know. We've spoken about doing this for such a long time. You had your partner, Chris, on yeah. a few weeks back with um, great success, and you did touch on your story bits and pieces, so it's great to get to sit down and have a chat to you today. Yeah. You're a very good friend of mine.
2: Yeah. it's so You know what? It's so cool to have friends that are doing such epic things in the world and that have just such good hearts and a just kind of all about the message that we're about as well. It's so nice to have that common ground. Same passion, man.
1: Yeah. It, something special happens when you meet people who have that same vision and kind mm. of mindset around life. And I feel mm. like I've learned so much from you and Chris um, and your mind met- method and meditation. It's pretty much all come from what you guys have taught me. So I owe a lot to you. But Aww. today the podcast is all about getting to know your story. But yeah. I've got a little something different to start today. We do have our very first a sponsor a rapper, mm. which is a brain um drink so fitting and i thought it was perfect to let you this is, let so, you, let this you is it. so
2: me i'm so ready to be a yeah, connoisseur yeah. of this so
1: you're the meditation queen so i thought you can have your first sip live on good humans podcast i will tell you it is very strong the first time you have it so it's got new zealand neuroberries it's formulated with scientists to make wow. basically your brain work better both short-term and long-term effects are good so have a sip you think. it yeah, is pretty perfect. strong it's like a black curranty sort of past. I kind
2: of love black currant
1: you love it it's delicious is it? first couple sips are strong and then I put a bit of water in it and it's like
2: oh I like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for black currant yeah
1: though. it's so good
2: oh my gosh wow think
1: like energy drink without anything bad in it mm. so you don't get that crash and burn it's got no caffeine in it
2: um, it's basically just
1: berries, L-theanine and a pine bark extract from New Zealand. But
2: I can so see myself like making a mocktail with this in Bali.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> or like summer. can you imagine this in summer and then doing a bunch Brain of? Mop-tails. yeah, a bunch of bunch of ice and then putting some fruit in it
1: so good anyway. anyway i'm gonna send you some but mm. that was just our little start because i think it's fitting to have a they recommend doing this before you do something where you've got to activate your brain a fair bit yeah which is what we're about to do hopefully on chatting about your stories and reflecting it, and it well a my bit review is
2: eight out of ten it's sick it's really love it it's so mm. sick
1: wait till you put some water in it but anyway let's get into the podcast now our brains are fired up the first yes. thing i do ask all of my guests is what are you grateful for
2: Oh. I'm grateful to be here in Sydney. Uh, A little bit of my story, I have been out of Sydney for two and a half years, spent the whole entire uh, worldwide situation uh, in Bali for a year and then um, just traveling around and after not being in your home country for two and a half years and not being able to come back
0: Mm. a
2: few times, actually being here and having that contrast and being around community. Uh, we're at Alex Hayes's house right now, um, which is our mutual really good friend. And it is so nice just to honestly be around your crew as well. It's This has been so nice to me. It's like a warm hug. You're just all like <laughs> literally the epitome of good humans. This isn't just a front. This is like what they are to their core. And it's just been so, So nice, I wake up in the morning and I'm still tripping balls that I'm in Sydney. I I keep having moments where I'm like, oh shit. I
1: know, it does help when you wake up and we're just sitting in um, Alex's little guest room right now that looks out to the beautiful water. Which does help but like you said it was so special being here the day that you guys came back and I'm pretty sure we will hear like when you guys left too so it was like this crazy reunion but.
2: Dude I made I had 2020 New Year's here and then I was gone for two and a half years and now I'm back here it is an absolute trip but it is so nice. I
1: know life's been pretty crazy what have you been up to the last couple years?
2: Cool. So um, the last couple of years, well, when the pandemic hit, we were in Bali, in Indonesia. We had a thing called the Mindspo Mansion, which was our retreat center that we put all our money into, crowdfunded, created. Uh, it's where we run our self-love retreats, meditation retreats. We do a lot of that in Bali and um, shit hit the fan worldwide. <laughs> all of a sudden, we had a literal giant mansion in the middle of the jungle, prepaid for two years with no one able to come.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: Uh, That was an entrepreneurial journey and a half. And I was saying the other day, it's actually made me, I think we, we talk about failure a lot in life. Like we go try something new and we're scared to fail. My level of being scared of failure, I've always been a person that sees failure as feedback. You're never actually failing at anything. You're always just getting feedback and you're learning and you're growing. And when you can have that mindset and that ability to see failure as feedback and just realize that it's all part of the journey and you know, the journey is the destination. That helps so much. But after going through what we went through in 2020, literally putting everything into a business, crowdfunding and everything, prepaying everything and being stuck in the jungle in Bali <laughs> when the world's going through that whole situation, uh, that put everything into perspective. So we hung out there for a year and then we actually went traveling for the last year. We were like, you know, stuff it, let's go. We went to Portugal, Dubai, Cyprus, uh, London, Mykonos, ran a meditation and manifestation retreat there. So we were, I've had the exact opposite two and a half years to basically everyone else. Mm. I've been out in the world, out in the road, um, but I'm so grateful for the experience.
1: What's been the most interesting thing at traveling the last couple of years? Because I know so many people haven't been able to travel. Mm. What have you found the most interesting thing?
2: I say there's two things. One, this whole thing made me really go out of, I'd say my comfort zone in some ways where I was just looking to, go anywhere and experience anything and I just had this new lease on life where you just don't know what's going to happen nothing is certain just live for the day as alex would say and just kind of live in the moment and i would say that as well as just gratitude everyone is so grateful now that they're traveling like the amount of gratitude and the community aspect after what we've gone through has been so cool um and i went to some places i never would have been i went to Tbilisi in georgia which is i can never say it and it's just because my pronunciation um Azerbaijan. It doesn't roll off my tongue very well, but it's right next to there in Russia. And it, honestly, we went there. and We were to stay for a month and we ended up staying for three months. Yeah. I just fell in love with new places in the world that I never had planned to travel to. I'm a bit of a mermaid. Um, you know me, I love the water like yeah. you. So I've never really traveled anywhere that you know, I'm kind of like, oh, this sounds great. Does it have a beach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just traveling to places that I wouldn't normally go to and I just loved it. And I just think the gratitude level in the world right now to be out and to be alive and to, you know, be seeing things again is so sick. People mm-hmm. have a new lease on life and I'm so here for that. I think before the pandemic there were so many people that were in this kind of we were I, I feel like humanity was dazed a little bit and I'd like to see the suit like the silver lining and everything. I really do feel like the perspective that this has given people has been really beautiful to see
1: Mm, i love that it's been such a interesting couple of years but Mm. it's really nice to see people like yourself and i'd like to think myself as well have looked at it with a lot of silver linings and i understand that there has been good opportunities for us and not for some other people yeah but Yeah, you kind of just got to take it as it comes.
2: Trust me, it's a shit situation and there's so many downsides to Mm. it. But I think at the end of it, I'm always the person looking for the silver lining and see like, what can I find? (laughs) I was literally sitting in Bali owing so many people money, having all of these people have pre-bought retreats, mm. no way to have any money coming back in, no government support being like, what are we gonna do? And yeah, you know our story, we built an app.
1: Yeah. and <laughs> uh, we're gonna ca- we're gonna catch up to that. We're gonna get back to you I know but I'm one question no no it's good. But one question I wanna ask well I wanna it's not even a question, kind of a statement. Mm. And going off these, like, silver lining things. So many people would have been watching yours and Chris's Instagram going, like, oh, look at them still in Bali. Oh, look at them Mm. traveling all around the world. Yet they wouldn't have known that you're in all this debt from having this thing for two years and not being able to get out of the lease. And, like, all, like, people just don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And so often, not that you guys are trying to portray this perfect life. It's just, like, all of us, we share the best parts. And there has been some great parts, but that's because you guys have had a mindset Malleable enough to change to so like you know what this isn't working let's go travel away like.
2: yeah and I, I think it's so funny I had a conversation with someone about that the other day like I would never have thought that and I just said well you know our situation we were full time retreats yeah. of course that was the situation and yeah. I'm just the sort of person I think maybe that's a little bit of a, a lesson for me in storytelling I, I'm not really someone to toot about like the downs I'm in a bad situation I was just like all right how are we gonna make this work I'm always looking for I'm always the person that's focusing on solutions not problems mm. as soon as there's a problem that comes up i have the mentality like okay how, how do we find a solution for it mm. let's talk about the problem a little bit but then like we need to be solution based mm. because talking about the problems is not going to get you anywhere you Wait,
1: know? i think we had a conversation exactly like this like two days ago yeah. like, we're going to talk about this in the podcast <laughs> but this idea because i was talking to you about it two hours like anything that's negative that happens yeah is in the past if it's happened it's in the past mm. so all you can do is kind of start thinking about what's forward. And I think I have a very similar mindset to you. It's like, obviously it sucks when bad things happen. Mm. But once they've happened, if you don't want it to snowball, you got to start changing and moving the other yeah. direction.
2: You've got to, I have this thing that I've done for years, which is called lessons and blessings. And mm. I literally see everything in my life is lessons and blessings. Something bad will happen. I'm like, oh, here's the lesson. Okay, what did I learn? What did I, what can I take back from that? Mm. I think we have these experiences and I always say to myself, okay, you went through this thing. Like, What did you bring back? What did you bring back from the experience? And that becomes a blessing. And then when you start to see everything's as lessons and blessings, you then realize that you are the alchemist of your life. You, know, you create your own reality. It is all about perspective. It's just all about how you frame things. Mm. I'm such a big person when it comes to just framing your life because you, it's honestly comes so much down to mindset and your willingness to take responsibility for the thing and go, okay, did this happen to me or did this happen for me? Because at the end of the day, I like to think that everything in my life is happening for me. If I did not go through the shit storm that was 2020, literally stuck in the Balinese jungle, being like, how are we gonna get through this? I wouldn't have you know, sat down and be like, okay, we are finally gonna build this app. I have been manifesting building this app for so long. Now we're gonna do it. Now is the time. This mm. is, you just have to, I think having that sort of mindset helps you so much. And that's something that I've you know, built and developed and I will get into my story. Yeah. but. I am not a person that used to be a glass half full kind of girl. I have come from such a, um, a transformation in that. And I've mm. really trained my mind to see the good in things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, definitely did not always have that mindset. And it has been something that's come from meditation and personal development and gratitude. All of these mm. things have, you know, bec- created like the building blocks of the person I am now. Yeah. Because this is not the girl that I always used to be.
1: Let's find out about the girl and where she <laughs> came from. So, as yes. I kind of start most of my podcast with, even though we're... Sneaking our way into this one, where'd you grow up, what was your family life like Mm -hmm. as a kid, what you can remember, yeah, how was your upbringing?
2: Okay, so I grew up in Sydney, Australia, Um, I had my mum and my dad together in my early years and then they got a divorce when I was five and I'm going to get into kind of, I guess, the effects, um, but like, I guess like no, the causes and the effects, like I will get into like what happened in terms of what, there's a lot of things that happened between the age of five and seven that were really dark yeah basically um my mum was an alcoholic she had some really not so great partners and there was just a lot of shit that went down um and it created a serious amount of trauma for me and basically led me to developing in my later years um chronic ptsd ptsd uh, with a mixed bag of other things bulimia um depression anxiety sleep disorders the whole shebang (laughs) the whole big bag of mental health problems that i've gone through and solved um but yeah, so basically, from the age of like five to seven, there was some shit that went down that wasn't so good. I lived with my mom for a few years there, and then I kind of got taken out of my mom's care. Docs came in, got went with my dad. Um, my dad ended up getting custody of me, and then I had like a pretty relatively normal life from there. From like you know seven to when I was you know kind of fifteen, sixteen, uh, things were pretty cruisy. I was always a kid that was. Very happy on the outside, but was hiding a lot of trauma and pain on the inside. Um, As Sol would say, I was a really good actress, which is hilarious, because acting was always the thing that I loved the most. I was really good at putting on a front. Um, I was really good at pretending that everything was okay and kind of hiding that there was something deeper going on below the surface. So um, my early adolescent life is kind of, I guess, where I would say shit hit the fan for me with my mental health. Um, I started having panic attacks at school, started having constant night terrors, uh started developing a little bit of an eating disorder here and there um anxiety depression you know just the the stuff that you would normally think around that age like a lot of people start having these sorts of things um but mine was really it, it was very deep what was going on
1: seated
2: in trauma yeah it was seated in trauma and what happens a lot of the time with ptsd and trauma and if someone that's had something that happens in your childhood um your brain can literally shut off what happened so i only started kind of getting my memories back when i started to become sexually active and my like kind of uh you know god when did i lose my virginity that's a good question (laughs) i was like i think it was late (laughs) late late teens (laughs) Uh, um so yeah i I started having some traumatic stuff come back and it kind of just felt like i was remembering and like things that i couldn't remember that like happened but happened it was just like this nightmare situation um so my mental health was really bad in like school um Had multiple panic attacks in like public places, (laughs) like school assembly, like crying, breaking down, people dragging me out, Um, crazy just kind of, you know, people at my school thought. I remember one time I had this insane panic attack and I blacked out, started screaming. It was in chapel, (laughs) went to a private Anglican girls school and I was on the floor, like literally sounding possessed and just like losing it on the floor. And the next day I didn't come to school. And like for the next week, you know what kids were like, everyone thinks, oh, she's pregnant, she's gone insane, she's got schizophrenia. Yeah. <laughs> so then the bullying started at school where people just thought I was like a loony tune. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of didn't really figure out any of my stuff or what was going on until my early 20s. And mm. that was when I just, I was like, wow, there has to be, something else that is going on that i need to like figure out what this is i didn't know i had ptsd Mm -hmm. i didn't really kind of understand the extent of what happened and what had like the effects that it had on my you know my whole entire like brain and psychology and all that kind of stuff and um i went to a what they called a cognitive behavioral therapist Mm -hmm. and um she diagnosed me with ptsd after i like wrote her a letter and told her everything that happened all the parts i remembered and we did all this therapy and that made a lot of sense i remember when i got my ptsd diagnosis it was like someone validating l- validating but it's like someone lifted ugh, so much pain off my shoulders and they gave a name mm-hmm. i was like if i have got a name if, if i can name it i can kill it
0: no. <laughs> that was
2: my mentality i was like if i can name it, i can kill it and it was around this time that i met my partner now of 11 years my fiance chris Sol. um and I think he was the one that really kind of encouraged me to seek help and really helped me through it. I know Saul shared on the podcast yeah. that Saul lost his dad when he was five. Um, and I feel like I, you know, I was really suicidal in my early twenties. There was multiple times where I planned to, you know, kill myself and I was so ready to let it all go. And I didn't have any will to live. I was in such a dark place and I would have night terrors all the time. And there was so many things that happened in those few years that was so full on but i was so good at pretending everything was okay like this mm. was at the time back then i had started djing and modeling and i was so good at putting on a front like night yeah, and day
1: crazy. something i really take out of this kind of part of your story is the importance of empathy because mm. the way I you don't describe know what yeah going exactly like the way you described at school the kids the next day and mm-hmm. it's such a natural Sadly instinct mm. and I feel like it's half because of the media, half because yeah. of if somebody's doing something different or weird or like what we call weird, you mm-hmm. we get labeled and like as a kid, most kids don't know better, but I think it's a good learning for anyone when you see someone like struggling or going through something, mm. It's not because they're weird. It's probably because they've had something happen to them that's traumatic that they're yeah. trying to like overcome. That's why I think empathy is such an important one. So,
2: so important. I You just have no idea what someone's story is and you don't know the extent of it. And a lot of the time that person might not even know when it comes to trauma, that person might not even know the extent of what they went through. Mm-hmm. And I think that was such a learning for me. And you know, I had a few times in my early 20s where there was an unlocking of my trauma. Like I would have complete and utter flashbacks and that would... Result in like suicidal episodes where I would be so convinced like that that's it I have, I, I mm-hmm. can't handle this and I would have the memories flood back to me and I have night terrors at night I would be with Soul in my early twenties and wake up screaming and screeching and like in hot, hot sweats like freaking out like thinking Soul was there trying to hurt me like it was so intense.
1: That's it's I don't, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. Yeah, <laughs> what were you doing work wise? Because I want to rewind just briefly yep. back to sort of your goals, finishing school, and mm-hmm. your vision out of school like career-wise what you were Mm -hmm. thinking of doing while still while juggling these mental illnesses
2: yeah um so i have always been a drama it's always been my passion growing up i always said i wanted to be a newsreader i wanted to be sandra (laughs) sully back in the day um (laughs) uh, yeah i've always loved talking i've always loved presenting i've always loved uh verbal you know anything with entertainment that's been my passion Funny, le- funny enough, at school, I went for private girls school. I was like the only one that didn't apply for a UAI and my school was giving me so much shit. like, come on, you need to apply. You need to do this thing. I was like, no, nah, not doing it. Not for me. The only thing I could find at school that was mildly interesting was the first year um, that a me- uh, university in Melbourne were doing entrepreneurship as like a university degree. Like you could go and study entrepreneurship. I remember getting like, you know, the book they give you with like, mm. this is your career. I was like, all this bullshit again going through the book i was like entrepreneurship this is the only thing that sums me up um and then the teachers are like oh well you'll have to get a uai for that i was like nah stuff that i not getting that i'll be fine um i think when i was leaving school i was just convinced that i was going to figure it out i didn't know what it was going to be but i knew it wasn't going to be what everyone else was telling me and i was just kind of in this thing where i was just like shut up just do my thing I'll figure it out
1: so you feel like you're quite in tune with your intuition at yeah. a young age but maybe lost a bit of track of it through your early 20s and yeah let kind of the trauma I, take over
2: yeah I think like in my early 20s it was very career driven like when all this shit was going on I was working for Today FM being a red carpet presenter I was, uh, doing, it was a DJ at all the corporate gigs in Sydney I was like the epitome of you would have no idea like I can show you photos of me in like my early 20s where I've just gotten back DJing from this major gig and that night, like literally had a crazy episode. It's just crazy. Like <laughs> night and day. I used to, you know, run uh the door at a bunch of clubs in King's Cross before that got shut down. Mm. I was very good at hiding what was going on behind closed doors, like incredibly good at it. And I think that was just, a, it was a trauma response. Mm. It was like a PTSD response. It was just, I was, it's very much kind of, I like created two personality types and it's, they, there's something that happens with PTSD where you can actually kind of create a split personality where people actually create two personalities and they have two people that talk mm. inside their head. I just was very good at having... There's a Rochelle that everyone sees. Yeah. Then there's the Rochelle that you don't see. And mm. they were two very different people. And my partner soul was the only person that saw the salt, like the part of me that no one else saw. Mm. Yeah.
1: What was the uh, steps for you in... You said you got diagnosed. How old did you say you were when you got diagnosed with PTSD? Like,
2: 20, like 21, 22.
1: And what was uh, what were some things that didn't work for you? Because I know we've spoken about this. We're obviously yeah. friends, so I know this story a little bit. But what were the first kind of solutions mm-hmm. given to you by doctors? Because obviously the system can be flawed at times obviously you're a meditation coach and teacher (laughs) now so you can probably guess where this story is going to go yeah but let's talk through the things that you got recommended Mm -hmm. the system from when you kind of said you know what it's time to go and get help how was that decision for you
2: so i think the first thing i did was i went to a doctor and i basically this is before i got diagnosed with ptsd is that a hard
1: decision to go to um
2: it wasn't it wasn't it was kind of a situation where i was one of the big things i was dealing with with depression was i could not get out of bed in the morning there were some times where i just physically the tiredness and the just the mental fog and, and depression is such a wild thing <laughs> you know it's so hard to describe someone where you just wake up and there is nothing, like nothing, you just don't want to get out of bed for anything. It just feels like there is a wall that is pushing you down. And that was getting pretty intense. And I wanted to go out and do these things. Like I, I liked being, you know, fake mm-hmm. Rochelle that would go out and get this bars and do these red carpets and DJ and do all this stuff, but there was this wall that was keeping me in bed and also like all this other stuff that was going on. But I was really struggling with like the getting out of bed in the morning thing. I went to a doctor. Um, actually it was a doctor right below me because I lived in King's Cross. So I had a medical like, center. And they put me on SSRIs and pretty heavy SSRIs um, to like start off with. But what was the
1: conversation like with them? What did you explain was wrong with you? That's
2: the thing. To them, yeah. It was literally just like, hey, I'm a
1: 22-year-old girl. Yeah,
2: I'm depressed, I don't feel good, I can't wake up in the morning. Um, I, I have like night terrors and some flashbacks and not really dealing with life very well uh sometimes i don't feel like being here because i had a really hard time telling anyone like hey i'm suicidal how do you how do you go to someone like hi i don't want to live what's so
1: interesting that's like one of the first questions when you do mental health training yeah they say that the one question as hard as it is to ask is to say have you been having suicidal thoughts and if someone says yes you have to then the next question is have you like planned, like
2: yeah. planned it? And then it's like yes. yeah,
1: and then that's like, that's a biggest sign. That's the red and flag. hardest like question to ask a friend. Mm. But for anyone who's done mental health first aid training, that's what they recommend you to ask, which, yeah, is difficult.
2: Yeah, and so I said that and it was kind of from there, the thing that shocked me was there was no real kind of in, like conversation after that. It was more like, okay, this is what you need. And then it was just SSRIs. And then, you know, I'll take one every day, start here. Let me come back and let me know how you're going. And oh, you can start doing this thing. Or maybe you should go talk. They said, maybe you should go talk to someone like a mental health plan. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that yet remember when i went ages ago They're like oh but that could like you know potentially uh, an employer could see that if you go on like a mental health mm. plan back in the day and i was like oh god i don't, don't want yeah. people i don't, don't i don't worry. want to break the front like I, i'm really good at this yeah. front <laughs> i'm a trained actress at Nobody pretending has has, know yeah no one else has to know that rochelle's breaking down um and yeah, just got my prescription and started. So didn't
1: ask you how no, you're sleeping, your diet, yeah. No, that's the cr-
2: we've had this conversation. The crazy thing, like now when I look back after everything that I have learned about all of this stuff, I am flawed at the lack of questions and the lack of other options wasn't yeah it wasn't like sleeping right also i wasn't exercising i wasn't even going for like a as we say these days like a hot girl walk like i'm not doing anything i'm sedentary um and you know i think maybe back then someone looking at me was modeling back then i was kind of at that stage where i could just eat anything and i just you know mm. tall glass of water that was kind yeah. of my my build so i think sometimes there is this we think that health is a look. Health isn't a look, it's you know. A yeah, it's a feeling, and it's also you can't necessarily tell how someone is just by looking at them. You, there's so much more beneath the surface, you know. Especially with like sleep. Sometimes people look. Oh, you look like you sleep a lot. Yeah. Have you heard of concealer? Like, <laughs> you know, people don't realize that there's all these things that you could do. Um, but yeah, there was no real questions. I started SSRIs. I was on those for about six months. Uh, not good. Completely stuffed me up. I. I just became a different person i think it really numbed out a lot of what was going on and when i say numbed out it kind of suppressed my trauma and um i made a really stupid decision um, where basically when i got this prescription he didn't really just dis- explain to me how much this can interfere with other things and i think that's really interesting not that back then you know i was you're not someone that was into recreational drugs and drinking and stuff that much really because like my mom was an alcoholic i had seen all that stuff i wasn't into that but now i think back to when people get prescribed this stuff and maybe they're doing you know, some recreational drug- drugs on the weekend and they don't realize that inter that interaction it can have like that's mm. really dangerous like these things are affecting your brain and your chemistry um so i the thing that happened was I started taking a natural, um, like, a, like a natural kind of antidepressant, like St. John's Wort at the same time. And I was taking that for about a month. And then um, I just had a weekend where I forgot to take them. And I went down to Sol's house cause um, I'd started dating him and he was living down the road. I think I stayed there for like five days without taking them. I had an absolute psychiatric break. And this was one of the times where I was so close to like jumping off a... Mm. <laughs> a unit block and it was not good. And I was, I just remember I was screaming. Like I was so just like
1: withdrawals. Do you think yeah, from it? Literally. From jumping straight off it? Without. Like
2: nothing, no teetering down, no nothing, just going off. And my brain just felt so like seems it seems melted.
1: So doctor should explain to you. Like literally. do these and stop or you'll have.
2: Yeah. There was no, when I had got my prescription, there was literally no pep talk. Like mm. there was no, like the talk that just didn't happen. And it, I find it wild because how many other people are you know being prescribed stuff, and I'm not against Neither. taking. I'm I'm all for making informed choices for you. I'm not someone that's like totally against these things. No, I I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. I think you should go out there, but I think that our medical system and our should school ask more system. Than zero. Yeah, I also just think we need to be educated, and that's why I'm so you know I'm so supportive of what you're doing because you're go out there talking to schools, you're letting people know of these natural things you could do. I think we're in such a society where we're ready to just jump a pill, do something like that. Like the quick fix, we're looking for the quick fix. Like, how can I solve this? It's like, well, you know what? Maybe rather than just a quick fix, it's actually a riddle, mm-hmm. you know? And your riddle's different to everyone else. Like for some people, it's going to be meditation. For other people, it's going to be surfing. For someone else, it might be just getting a good friend that's not a dickhead that you can actually talk to about your feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's all about, it's a it's matrix of finding what works for yeah. you. But you need to know that, I always say like, we have a tool, Belt, right, everyone has a tool belt, and there are so many tools that you can put in the t- tool belt, but you just need to like collect the tools and play with them and mm. see what you can make. And it changes
1: over time, like, yeah. You something out, you put puts new ones in. It's, I love it, it's
2: this. always evolving, and mm-hmm. you're always evolving. You're not the same person you were, and that never happened to me. I never had that chat. And um yeah, when I <laughs> had my withdrawal situation, which was uh, a situation like one of the worst times and soul remembers it like you wouldn't believe he was just i remember soul talks about about it and he was like sh- he he was just like it wasn't you i was mm. in a corner screaming losing it um i went cold turkey though soul literally stayed up with me for like four days like he would sleep in intermissions just watching me um and then take me for walks he just didn't leave my side and literally from that moment, I was like, I am never doing anything uh, chemical or anything like that again. I'm like, I, I need the natural, like mm. give me something natural. Like I just, I didn't want to go down that path and look, it's different for anyone. And some people, they do it and it works amazing for them. But just for me, it wasn't the... Yeah. The answer, and hey, I know I kind of, you know, it was my mistake to take something that you know interacts, but I never got that talk. So
1: that's well, the thing is, we have such a trust in doctors, and yeah, it's important to do a bit more of your own research. You not need to take more responsibility. Wrong, doctors have a kickback for that, and yeah, they're doing their job and they're fixing—not fixing, but they're band-aiding your problem. But yeah, anyway, that's I, why I end up, I end up in this pharmaceutical debate. All uh, people people <laughs> probably getting off me, but the thing is, it's because it comes up. And three out of four times it's yeah. your story of quickly prescribed yeah. and made them feel like shit have to work their way off I, of themselves.
2: I think for me, it's like, I should have taken, and I do now, I take responsibility like you is one of my core values. And I took no responsibility back then. Cause so I was like, life is happening to me, not for me. And I was just in mad victim mentality now looking back i think if you're doing anything you should you know make informed decisions and Mm. have multiple conversations and just understand the you know what you're actually doing and really you know have an actual real conversation with multiple people about it Mm. and understand it you know for yourself don't just trust someone like also understand it for yourself and i think that will help you so much because if i had done that i'd be like oh wow walking Mm. and this is like it sounds so silly that i didn't think that but You know, back when I was 21, we didn't have TikTok. We didn't really, like, we weren't really doctored Googling that much. It was more just, you put your trust
1: in people. Mm. So, yeah. What what was the next stage for you once you got off the antidepressants? Because I know, speaking to Chris, and you, there was, meditation wasn't the first next thing you went to. No, we didn't. What other things did you go through to find meditation and where does the meditation story start? Oh,
2: gosh, we used to listen to... uh, personal development books. We used to, you know, do all the walking. We changed our diet loads, which, you know, did help little things. I found the cognitive behavioral therapist and started doing therapy there, which, you know, definitely, you know, that gave me the PTSD diagnosis. And I was like, wow, I don't think PTSD is something that necessarily can just be fixed with SSRIs either. It's a bit more complex than that. It can help, but you know, there's actually trauma that you need to unpack here. Um, And yeah, we just went on a mixed bag of, some sort of uh, not-so-contemporary things and some we
1: can talk
2: about <laughs> <but>. <laughs> contemporary things. Uh, we tried loads of different things, uh, but nothing really. There were things, lots of things kind of worked uh, very temporary, but not really in a, a long-term sense. Like mm. there would be this like, oh, that worked. No. And I would just be in this up and down kind of phase. Yeah. Um, but then, so we found meditation. And finding meditation, uh, meditation saved my life and I, I i think of the moment that i found it and i think back to the girl that i was and i remember we had a really good friend julian and he everyone kind of that was close to Solen eyes my mask was starting to slip we'd been together for like a year or so and everyone's like yeah, she's really cool but maybe she's a little psycho And he's like no like there's stuff that you just don't know about yeah. Roche. Um, and we had a friend that, you know, had heard that I got diagnosed with PTSD and he had heard all these people were going to coming back from the Iraq war and they were going and learning meditation. And he was saying that it was having amazing effects with people with PTSD because a lot of people that have PTSD are soldiers because you go into war, Mm. you see this traumatic stuff and then you come back and you're literally sitting on your couch and you're watching a movie and you hear something bang and you're back in the battlefield. And
1: also I actually had a, um, friend who I recorded a podcast with but I screwed up the audio I'm going to get it back but he was a soldier and he said for them to come home they have to be um like discharged and they have to stop like at another country on the way home and go through like a medical mm-hmm. thing to get discharged and if they say they have mental health problems then they end up having to like go into like a full system and this and that and that mm-hmm. before they can come home and see their family mm-hmm. so a lot of them are literally just saying like yeah 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 I'm fine I'm fine and then just getting home oh, yeah. and, and then have massive problems
2: mm. so i heard about this and i remember when i heard about it with the guys that you know what in the army i went home after Julian told, told us all this stuff and i went on youtube literally googled army meditation and i found this youtube video i I need to find the original one because it it brings a tear to my eye when i think about it and it was this guy and it was this dude that was fully like decorated with all these badges and just had this amazing you don't think about the stereotypical masculine aura like Uh that like oh yeah he can protect me (laughs) that kind of thing i was looking at this guy and i remember my judgmental brain back then i was like this guy's saying that meditation helped him like this hippie back then i was like meditation some hippie shit mm-hmm. i was convinced that it was just you know just for people that want to go sit on a mountaintop and i was like what is this shit mm-hmm. i was so not into it And i listened to him say that he had a friend that killed himself and then he was really battling with that and all the stuff from the army and just coming back and all the shit that he had seen and he was ready to also you know kind of say goodbye to this world and then found meditation and it saved his life. And my literal thought I remember at clear as day was like, if it can work for this dude, if it can work for this dude, then maybe it can work for me. And I'm so willing to give it a shot. I'm gonna try anything at this point. So I, um, I found a course at the time, it cost $1,000. It was literally the money I had in my bank. Um, I remember Sol and I uh, lied and Photoshopped that I was a student. <laughs> so I was a graphic designer. Um, so we made me like a student card. We found someone's like Sydney Uni student card and made me a student card to get like great <laughs> forgery. <laughs> forgery to learn meditation. But I was like, this was like a life or death thing for me. Gosh, so many funny memories. The things that Sol has done with Photoshop. Um, so, and then I went and did the meditation course and it saved my life. I've never looked back. I Meditation taught me that I'm not the voice inside my head. It's just a voice and the voice isn't necessarily me. And my thoughts are just things. And just because I think horrible things doesn't mean I have to believe them. And I don't have to believe everything, I think. I can just listen to my voice. I can hear my voice and I can see it but not believe it. Mm. And that for me has been life-changing, incredible, and just the best gift. I've, I have peace of mind.
1: Mm.
2: I have peace of mind and I think peace of mind, I know Saul has said this on your podcast, but I believe peace of mind is the most valuable thing you can have because you can be in heaven, but if you're in hell, in your head then you're in hell mm. it doesn't matter where you are your mental health is the most important thing because that is the foundation of how you see everything you know you whatever you see and perceive is what you will believe you know mm. your attitude is
1: so important That's so beautifully put i love it. i got goosebumps just mm. hearing you talk about meditation because i know the journey has taken me on and also so many other people mm. when did you first start Stepping in the direction of you know what I want to make Mindsbow and maybe explain to the listeners what Mindsbow is. We didn't go super into it with Chris, so
2: yeah, sure. So, look, I was just a meditation evangelist for a few years. It was five years of consistently practicing meditation before I decided to create Mindsbow.
1: What were you doing for work through your mid twenties?
2: I was uh, a red carpet presenter for Today FM, so I used to be the girl in the pit getting the interviews with like Daniel Craig and. Did it change
1: once you like was this mid? mental health problems finding meditation how is once you found it and getting to live life with that compared to without yeah kind of constraints in your I mind I would
2: actually be living rather than just existing and trying to like I was I was thriving rather than surviving. Mm. That was the You're creating
1: you, your own universe rather. Yeah. Than living I
2: was it. surviving before. Everything was just survival. I was just trying to get through the day and trying to get through, you know, the thoughts in my head, trying to get through the moment whereas I was actually living the moment. Like, oh, this is a moment. I'm actually alive for it. This mm. is my life. Holy shit. Life is so good. Um, I just started feeling so different. Um, my confidence increased, uh, my level of give a fuck for things that were, you know, not important, you know, just completely changed. I I was sleeping better, I was thinking better, I was thinking clearer. I started, this is when I started getting into manifestation as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm. But I really I had this saying, which will be the title of my book one day, which is don't be your brain's bitch. And that was something I used to say in my head all the time, where I'd have like a negative thought that would come up and I would go back to that understanding that, oh, it's just a thought, it's not actually me. Don't be your brains bitch, Rochelle. You can get over this, mm. you can move through it. So I started being my own coach. I started being my own mentor. Um, I started being my own best friend and I started loving myself for the first time in my life. I cannot tell you how much I hated myself before learning meditation. I genuinely hated myself, like every single inch of myself. And then when I learned meditation, you know, you, Cooper, we're gonna be alive in this body, in our minds. like we are our longest friend this Mm. is the longest relationship you are ever going to have and i started to actually form a proper beautiful flourishing healthy relationship with myself when i learned meditation Mm. because meditation is like going on a date with yourself every single day you sit down for 20 minutes and you sit with your mind and you're like all right what's up give it to me hit me (laughs) what bullshit we got today baby (laughs) come flood me with your thoughts and i would sit there and I, instead of just like thinking all this shit was actually true, I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, you think you're not enough, oh yeah, you 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 think you're a fat, oh yeah, you, you're you thinking of this thing that happened when you were little, which is, you know, triggering this trauma response, which is triggering this belief and this subconscious belief system, I would watch it all and be detached from it all, mm. it's just fucking chatter in the skull it's not real. It's just monkey chatter. And I would be able to just watch it and observe it. I became the observer. Mm. And at the same time, I became the creator of my own reality because I realized that what I focus on expense, if I focus on the trauma, if I focus on the negative thoughts, if I focus on the negative memories, if I focus on everything going wrong, that's going to create more of that in my life. If I focus on the things that are going right, if I focus on gratitude, if I focus on what I want to create, if I focus on the possibility, then... You don't know what's going to happen exactly yeah. and i think the coolest thing i realized was um you know i am i am so in control of my own brain and i started this is where like manifestation happened i never really visualized or imagined something greater for myself and i have this quote that i use all the time and I, it's the name of things on my youtube and i'm always coming back to this like you create your own reality yeah. i started creating my reality with intention i was like oh, who is rochelle fox mm. like, who is she she can be anything I used to sit down and I would realize that in my mind I can be anyone and you can't no one could tell me who I who I am or who I'm not because I can go anywhere and be anyone in my mind mm. and um yeah that just kind of started I was getting you know what happened we're going back to the question I was getting more gigs things were flowing um and <laughs> I used to be the girl that was DJing at all these corporate events and everyone would be drunk and champagne and then someone would be like, oh, I'm going to get the Sunday scaries tomorrow. And I'd be behind the decks DJing. And I'd be like, have you heard about meditation? You should really try to meditate. <laughs> I would be selling. Med- I had no product to sell, but I would be selling meditation to everyone. You
1: know it's a good product when it's like that.
2: that honestly, I would—I <laughs> was—I had this thing. Um, I used to do a fashion blog called Fo- uh, Fox at Meows. And I was like, fuck, I'm so over talking about fashion and clothes. Like, I'm not actually interested in this. So I started this thing called um, Happiness Posts. And just every single day, every single week, I used to post a happiness post and I'd put more energy and intention into those posts than anything I'd ever done. I would go and like read books and I'd try and like summarize them and put them down and I would try and explain meditation and I would just kind of try and coach and help and mentor people through this fashion blog um, with these happiness posts. And I was just obsessed with helping anyone I could because I saw the change in myself mm. and it was just you know electric yeah. um so yeah five in, five years in I you know I actually had this really crazy moment which is a really good I guess pivot to explain when I became a meditation teacher and I was around new years in 2014 or 15 one day I need to write down all the dates of <laughs> <That's so laughs> when bad. I did it's things like, oh, yeah. um but um I was a dj at the time i used to have a dj joe um, with my mate demi and we used to do a lot of corporate gigs in sydney and i was just kind of you know that was you know kind of coming to a close for many reasons I wasn't feeling in alignment anymore i'm growing i'm changing i'm in my mid 20s and i saw this video from a guy called brian tracy love brian tracy he's one of the ogs of personal development highly recommend checking out his stuff and he has this question which is Um, It's not just a question, it's a thinking methodology, and it's called zero-based thinking. And basically, to practice zero-based thinking, you ask this question, knowing what you know now, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently, right? If you could take everything in your life to ground zero, if you could start again from the ground up, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? And in that moment, when I asked myself that question around a New Year's in like 2015, 16, or whatever it was, I was, oh, I wouldn't be DJing, definitely wouldn't be DJing in my duo. I wouldn't be uh, doing all this stuff in like fashion and, you know, trying to do all this, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of entertainment industry stuff. I would be teaching people meditation. I would be out there teaching people meditation, talking about these topics, helping people, getting that out there. And I would, my thing that I always had be, I would be helping the girl that I was five years ago because there is a girl that I was five years ago that. She needs me. Mm. And I would think back to me and I would imagine myself and I could see it in so many other women. I was like, that they, that person needs me. That's who I want to help. That's where I want to go. Mm. Um, and then that's when I decided to become a meditation teacher. And there's a whole, you know, ring roll of what happened there. But essentially studied that, did my yoga teacher training, did all of this stuff and became a meditation teacher. And Mindsbow was born to help the girl that I was five years ago um, and really designed and born to make meditation practical and relatable to the next generation. Uh, I'm really, you know, meditation has amazing roots and there is so much history and culture and incredible, you know, stuff to explore when it comes to meditation. But the one thing I found when we created Mindsbow was the spiritual decoration of meditation was the thing that was stopping people. I would meet people, I'd be hear about this thing called meditation and they would instantly judge it and they would be so turned off by the spiritual decoration. So my methodology was, how can I make it simple, practical, easy and fun and not bring in all the decoration? And the beautiful thing is, I am so for like having a spiritual journey and I'm a very spiritual person, even though I'm not so much publicly, but the way we teach meditation is really, I say, getting you, like, getting you in the kiddie pool. Right. And then from where you go with us, you go in the deep end. And I feel that so many people when we started, they started with us because they're like, oh, this is the first time someone's, you know, said they'll teach me, but without all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, well, just learn first. And then if you get excited about, you know, going on a spiritual journey or learning all this, you'll go do that. But First, just figure out your mind, mm. <laughs> you know, like figure out the remote control for your mind, because we have one. You know, there is something that can turn the volume down, mm. but you, you just need to get the control and get the control and put it in your toolbox. Mm. That was a big tangent.
1: No, it's great. You got a, me talking. I've, I've got some questions from the middle of there that I want to throw back at you, mm-hmm. but it's just so great to hear you talk about Mindspo and the depth of the wire to it, that oh. it was to help the younger version of yourself. It's not just like, oh, let's teach meditation, no. but then trying to be entrepreneurial about it. Two questions I want to ask mm-hmm. about your meditation mm-hmm. journey because I think people listening might relate to this. How long did it take for you to achieve, let's call it, peace of mind and a better relationship with yourself? Mm-hmm. And what are your tricks to maintain consistency? Because mm-hmm. meditation consistency is something. And how did you get past that hump? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people try it for a week mm-hmm. and fall apart. how long did it take you to achieve peace of mind and that mindset around the good relationship with yourself and what were your tricks to stay consistent?
2: So 66 days, we have a 66 day meditation challenge within Mindspo. That for me, in the one month mark of learning meditation, I started to see some really big changes. And that, for me, was when I first started. I remember after a month of doing it, I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm on to something. Like, so this I think, is... And I think
1: this is a huge barrier for people. Mm-hmm. People meditate for two weeks mm-hmm. and they're like, not None. working. Yeah. And I think a lot of... You, your average person, I think, stops meditating because they don't see benefits mm-hmm. from it. And I always use this as an example at uh, my workshops is if you went to the gym and did 10 sit-ups, mm-hmm. one day... Uh, every day for a month you're probably not even gonna have a six pack at the end of the month Mm -hmm. it's the same as meditation you're building the skill and understanding that the practice and the Mm -hmm. just the art of doing it is the important thing
2: Mm, 100 the thing about meditation is that you've got to look at it as something that you are going to adapt for life like it is just like brushing your teeth right did you brush your teeth this morning yes would you brush your teeth every morning yes yeah and how important are your teeth to you out of 10
1: (laughs) I know this time. My my teeth are probably, yeah, nine out of ten important
2: for me. Cool. And how important is your mind?
1: 12 out of 10. Exactly,
2: right? So we have this like practice every single day of brushing our teeth for like two minutes a day. And then when I ask people about their mind, they're like, you know, 12 out of 10, or like 10 out of 10, or like it's it's 100 out of 10. It's the most important thing. The mind is so important. It's like, well, how can you expect to like, you have to have a practice for your mind every single day? We put like time and intention into our oral health. How about your mental health? It's a hygiene thing. Meditation is just mental hygiene. It is a toothbrush for the mind. I've been saying this for you, meditation is the toothbrush for the mind. It is just the thing that allows you to clear the shit, right, you go throughout your day and there's all of this crap that accumulates and all of these things and other people's problems and social media, like there is so much noise, right? Meditation is the thing that allows you to clear through that clutter, clear through that noise. Um, so in terms of consistency, I say for me, in my dark, dark time when I first started, I started seeing results in a month. But I would say in three months' time. By the way, this drink has got me on a level.
1: <laughs> <That was buzzing laughs> I said
2: it was an eight out of ten. Okay, it's a ten out of ten. We're like, we're first trying.
1: Like it's literally meant. I, like, I am the on Dana. a
2: flow. <laughs> Mm.
1: just asking good questions
2: yeah <laughs> not, yes you're great as well coops but your new, <laughs> no, your new sponsor's gotta it's got me up one Woo! all right happy. um but yeah I, for me when i was in my darkest times there was three months in was this crack open point mm. for me when i first started with my and this is with like the absolute death mix bag of mental health problems like when you're talking about someone that was suicidal, yeah, that yeah. Learned, Um you've got to stick at it. Um, So things that can help you with that is one accountability, you've got the 1% club, you've mm. got a whole entire accountability system, you know about this. If you get yourself around people and community that are into this, it's gonna help you so much. Mm. Um, so find people that are interested so in this. so communities
1: around, like the cool yeah. to be conscious guys and the going, and you're s- gonna meet them and love them. Yeah,
2: it's so um, many people these days. When I first started, guys, I was dealing with people thinking I'm an absolute kook for trying to meditate. Now it's the cool thing to do, like all the cool kids are doing it. It's so much easier these days. So mm. get yourself a community. The other. Thing Thing i would say that we do in the mindset meditation method and look that's a great place to start i literally designed a course to help people with meditation we've got a 66 day accountability i did it
1: too you it's, loved it's it? a good course it's uh we'll yeah. put it in the show notes maybe we'll give a little 20 percent discount yeah, for the listeners of the podcast but highly recommend it it's yeah. just a good intro and a good accountability because you do the what 10 hour course yeah and,
2: yeah and then 66 and then 66
1: of, days of
2: and and I meditation just doing nug vomits
1: that you're yeah, like, but they're great. So, yeah. I highly recommend doing that because it's a good intro. That was kind of my intro into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then let's go into. And
2: the other thing I'd say is why. The one thing with meditation why are you doing it? What's your why? Mm. This is going to help you with everything in life, whether it's meditation or learning something, running, you know, whatever it is that you want to achieve. What's your why? Like, get really clear on it and not just like, oh, I want to do it because I want to improve my mental health. No, what sucks about your mental health? Like, get into detail about why you want it because if you don't have a why, then I always say, like, not having a why is like, having a Ferrari or a race car, but not having any fuel. Mm. Like you need to fuel yourself to be able to get that momentum going. Yeah. So community and why are really, really big things.
1: Yeah. I spoke to a guy a couple of weeks back. You'll have to have a list for the episode. Actually, his name's Jace McAlpine. I think he might've been early forties episode. Um, he's actually got a massive podcast called mm. Gypsy Tales. But what fascinates me is he's super into meditation, mm. but having a chat to him, we went on a mad tangent about meditation. It was epic. But what really changed from having a chat to him and what I reflected on made a lot of sense was the idea of meditation, meditating with context mm-hmm. of what meditation is and what you're meant to do. And that comes back to the research, mm-hmm. but I use this example for me when I first started doing yoga, mm. I'd be looking around the room almost to try and see if I was doing it the best and blah, 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 this competition because that was how I basically used to base myself mm. was a competition against everyone. And then once I learned the practice of, oh, it's more about the breath. Mm. And now I can, met, I can do a full hour hot yoga and not even notice there's another person in the room. And now I think back to 20-year-old Koopa and how mm. stupid I would. Like nobody was caring that I was looking at them except for me. Yeah. And it was just a good, once I started to do yoga with, hey, yoga is for me to turn inside, to flow my breath and to get just moving. Mm. Once I begin, began to meditate with, I'm not meditating trying to get this result i'm meditating because i understand the overall mm-hmm. it's not like oh, i'm gonna meditate just to get although you do get the quick straight away kind of feeling but it's just about this longevity of yeah taking care of our brains
2: i can tell you now meditation is a cumulative thing the 10 years i've been meditating for over 10 years now the person i have become and my brain development i i credit so much of that to meditation because it has just changed who i am as a person and you just improve like so in such small increments and it's just such little things but you know i know you spoke about this when um soul was on the podcast but when you meditate and you become a meditator that's the other thing use language i'm not going to meditate i'm a meditator mm. like don't just look at yourself as like i'm someone who meditates no you are a meditator what does that mean okay get yourself a meditation cushion find the chair find the chair mm. that the, this is my medi chair you know, I've got one yeah, go find the parallel, that. like froth on the practice. Yeah? yeah. Like, you know, find ways. Oh, this is my meditation app. Like m- allow yourself to embody that person. This is a big manifestation thing as well. But if you want to become someone, you want to change something about yourself, you want to make a lifestyle change, like become that person the now, thinking, yeah. embody it. Don't just think about it, be it. It, mm-hmm. What does that person do? What does the meditator do? Oh, they, they've they got a chair. Mm. They meditate. It's not their bed. Yeah. You know, they've got an app that they use. They've they've got people that are their meditating buddies. Like you've got to ingrain it into your lifestyle, mm. make it easy, make it accessible. doesn't have to be the scary thing.
1: Yeah. And there's just so many good leeways into it. I mean, we'll talk briefly about your app, but then I want to go into... Actually, let's talk about your retreats first.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, retreats. <laughs> oh, I love
1: retreats. retreats. Yes. I'm, I'm really excited because... This is my understanding of retreats. Mm-hmm. I've always been a holidayer to go. Or I'm very rarely holiday, but mm-hmm. I've travelled the world surfing, obviously. I'm sure all the listeners know that. But I would always be going somewhere to do something mm-hmm. or achieve something. And you guys have a, a, a retreat coming up in Cyprus in a couple months, which...
2: You're going to come? I'm coming. You're I'm coming. coming. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, manifesting. Yeah, we're
1: manifesting. I'm, I'm coming. Coops is coming I'm to his coming. first ever Mindsphere retreat. But why I'm so excited about coming is... And I've got like, a, not an anxiety, but this just like pre-feeling already that I'm going to want to be doing something while mm-hmm. I'm there. Whereas the meditation retreat is just about being and mm-hmm. giving my body a week to rest mm-hmm. when I'm away and away from the energy that I'm in. Tell us about your retreats. What am mm-hmm. I going to experience?
2: Yeah. So Mindsphere Retreats is, I guess, the events arm of Mindspell and what we do. Uh, obviously, we started this online you know, presence and everything it was sick. And then... It's all about community you know that being around people having that energy there's nothing that beats in-person experiences you know this from doing your Absolutely. workshops there is nothing like getting humans in a room and my for retreats is really about bringing personal development and those ideas of you know growth and you know just kind of allowing yourself to blossom and go on a holiday but come back better mm. you know go on a holiday and not be a control freak. you have to know everything that's going on. We look after everything for you. The only thing you worry about every single day is getting lunch. We take you through workshops. We take you through all these different courses and events and all these different things that really allow you just to be present, but also allow you to look at your life differently and make changes and Take time away from your everyday life and look at it from a bird's eye view. There is nothing like travel. These are my two passions. I've been a digital nomad now for like 10, 9, or 8 years. I don't know. A long time before everyone else started doing it. Uh, so cool to have so many more digital nomads these days. But I've been you know, doing this for so long, like traveling. And we realized, whoa, what are two things that have changed our life the most? You know, meditation, personal development, and travel. Being able to... get yourself out of your daily rhythm, get yourself out of your daily routine and to be around new people, to have new experiences, to get out of your comfort bubble, get in that discomfort. And that is where all the growth happens. Mm. It's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to come. um,
2: You're coming to Cyprus to our meditation and and manifestation retreat.
1: Actually, let us know, send um, myself or Rochelle a message. We've been talking about maybe a good human factory X. Mindspo Retreat in Bali. Probably won't happen this year, let's be honest. But next year, 2023. 100%. If you're interested, let us know because we're going to start putting together some ideas and brainstorming. So if you've got some good ideas for mindspo x good human factory retreats let us know but i like yeah. honestly
2: retreats are just game changing i they are one of the favorite things that i do mm. and even though i feel like i have so much trauma from going all yeah, in on them and pulling back
0: no like but it's
2: it's,
1: experience it's
2: just for me i never i do these self-love retreats as well like an all-girls self-love experience in bali and i just they're always it's so funny i've had so many moments when i leave a retreat and the amount of women that have hugged me and whispered in my ear please never stop doing this Rochelle people need this and I I have had that said to me in like a really sincere hug so many times and my favorite thing is to go back and and it's not me, it's just, I, I'm i just the guide, you know, I'm not some guru, I don't know everything. I, I'm just someone that takes you through a series of things to figure yourself out. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we have to realize that we're all leading ourselves home. Like we know what's right for us, but sometimes we just don't know where well, we're in the environment when we're, you know, with all these people and getting away doing that. It's so beneficial. Anyway, I could, yeah, yeah, talk about retreats. Well, you bro. I up love up. retreats. I know, I'm
1: so excited to come. Um, They're the best. Itching, I can't, I've never been to Cyprus. It should be beautiful. It's gonna be sick. But one or two topics I want to talk about before we finish. Mm-hmm. The first one is manifesting. We spoke about it a bit yeah. with Chris, but it is a little place for you to give a bit of a plug about the app because mm-hmm. I do recommend it to everyone to jump on the app. But... From your point of view, where'd Manifesti come from? Mm -hmm. And maybe explain from your point of view what Manifesti is.
2: Yeah, so Manifesti really came from this itch from Sol and I had this like internal itch where we're like, no one has created the perfect manifestation app. Like no one had created a manifestation app out there. And we had all these different tools that we were using on a regular basis that we just felt could go in an app that could really help people. Um, So one of my big foundational beliefs is that I create my own reality and I'm such a big advocate for manifestation because I have literally created the life of my dreams through my own thoughts and feelings and coming up with the vision and then putting it into place. And it was so funny, there are little things in the app. So the app has a bunch of functions. Uh, One of the main functions is manifestation movies. Sol and I have been using manifestation movies to create our reality and literally to manifest things into our life for years. Um, We used to make these manifestation movies back 10 years ago on like iMovie and Premiere Pro. And this is literally, if you think about a vision board and you think about those cork boards you have and you go and you cut out all the pieces of paper that you want, or you find a printer who has a printer these days, and you cut them all out and you put them on a vision board. A manifestation movie, um, in Manifesty app is literally that, but digital. So you save the pictures from Google, Pinterest.
1: Oh, there is a lot of. I'm, yep. I'm very slack, and
2: we we I need still, to get I, we need I, to get you onto your custom manifestation I to movie. I'm gonna have one next
1: to Alex's. Alex's got his. I'm gonna make one. But yeah. there is a whole bunch of different ones, and it is something that I have been doing a fair mm. bit everyone would have just been seeing me them on my instagram stories mm. every day you get like a new little badge when you listen to one yeah to like kind of yeah but yeah,
2: lit- right. yeah it's literally gamification. yeah but it's
1: um it's just really cool because you watch a movie and it kind of gets you yeah energy flowing towards like for instance one of them for me i was like struggling financially a little bit a few months ago and yeah. i literally was watching the money magnet one every day mm-hmm. for like a month and like it's been the most successful couple of months of my life
0: right
1: now. I don't know if it's directly because of that but hey it's right. like, you know what I mean like I guarantee it's helped just so sort of good. like trusting that oh yeah the um, angle I'm moving on is in the right direction yeah but
2: putting those positive thoughts in so the manifestation movies is basically pictures affirmations and music yeah. so you put them all together you watch them you can make your own custom ones so you create your own reality or we have all these pre-made ones we've got affirmation reminders uh, back, back in 2020 uh, when you know before things were going to shit also in 2019 in our big jungle mansion, Bali, Sol and I have affirmations written on all the walls. Like we look like we're Einstein, but they're just positive affirmations. So we were constantly thinking, there's so many notifications that you get on your phone. Why can't you get a positive affirmation every single day and schedule it when you want it? So there's that, obviously our meditations. Yeah, um, the
1: meditations, are, there's, so, there's like 15 of them now. Yeah,
2: we've got a bunch more coming. And one thing I want to say is uh, talking about like the money, you know, beliefs and everything. One thing you have to realize when it comes to meditation, and personal development is that you have your subconscious mind right which is really like the core of where all your beliefs lie so you have your conscious mind and then you have your subconscious mind and we've been doing a lot of work in creating brand new meditations we have these new programs coming out which are basically subconscious reprogramming programs and it's a sleep manifestation as well as like daily affirmations meditations walking manifestations and meditations really to help you reprogram those subconscious beliefs because If you want to manifest something in your life, if you are like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be rich, whatever it is. But if you have a subconscious belief that money is evil or money is the root of all evil or you know rich people suck or whatever it is or something that your dad said about some you know wealthy neighbor that is just stuck in the back of your mind and because your dad hates that wealthy neighbor you think that Mm. if you make money then subconsciously your brain goes oh my dad's gonna think i'm also a dickhead you know we hold on to these beliefs right of things that people said and so much of the work we're doing at Manifest at the moment is really helping and working on programs to help people reprogram their subconscious beliefs. Because we hold so much bullshit in our subconscious. And it's so much stuff from when we're kids and when we're young and things that are just not serving us. So when you can do that work to reprogram your subconscious mind, then so much will change. Because mm. if you want something consciously, but subconsciously you don't, then... The subconscious
1: is gonna win. And it's like ninety five percent of our like yeah. actions. Are it's like subconscious iceberg. actions. It's crazy. I was listening to an um, audio book driving here just then actually, and it was talking about this idea that if you're driving your car right now, listening, think back to the last five minutes. Can you remember
0: mm-hmm. any
1: of it? Probably yeah. not. It's crazy how much the subconscious doing is driving. Subconscious, yeah. Like, it's, crazy when it
2: comes to manifestation and beliefs especially money beliefs and that's one of the things of in it.
1: yeah with yeah. the
2: money manifestation like looking at our manifestation movies every single day how often do you hear like this is a literally a question for everyone watching how often do you hear people talk positively about money
1: Quite rarely.
2: Yeah. And especially right now with the media, what's going on? There's so many fear stories, budgets, recessions, tax returns, you know, inflation. People manifest
1: struggle. Yeah. So
2: you are constantly hearing negative thoughts about money. One of the things that we are working right now to do with Manifesti is I want... People to hear positive things about money i want to help people reprogram mm-hmm. their money consciousness because there's this great quote from this guy called chris harder that i love which is he believes that when good people make money that when good people make money they do good things mm-hmm. and i fully believe that everyone that you know i attract i'm yeah, really lucky the people in that. my community the people in your community like these are good humans right so if you're a good person which Everyone listening is, you know, and you or you're working to be or even had the intention Mm. of wanting to be a better person Mm. and you are making money like you're going to do good things. So we need to change the conversation around money. We need to change this evil mentality and we we need to look at it in a way more positive way so people can really go out there and become abundant and and go make change go and shake up the education system go and do things that matter in the world like make more sustainable products like you with your keep it cup the other day giving i was like yes coops (laughs) like you know we just go for a random coffee within two seconds you're subconscious you've got your keep it cup you're good you know i think it's it's so when people that are good, make money, they do good things. And we Mm. have to change that conversation. And so much of that is in the subconscious. And I'm doing a lot of work with manifesting with the meditations coming. I take so long to write a meditation though. I'm absolute. I'm like, I'm not harder than myself. I'm trying to be more compassionate, but I take, it. I take, I'm very serious about this is the thing that changed my life. So, I'm not rushing a meditation, man. Like, you've seen me up there. I'm like rec- listening to them again. I'm sending it back to my editor. Nah, it needs to be on this point when the beat drops. Soul's talking about a glowing light. I need to find the music that sounds. I'm A, I'm a lot more
1: goes into it than people realize.
2: Oh, I mean. dude. It's not just record and chuck up. No,
1: not with. Not like Good Humans Podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking.
2: <laughs> hey, you set up this whole setup. I'm loving it.
1: No, it's it's epic. I mean, we've gone over an hour now, but I do have one last topic that Mm -hmm. I want to talk about, and it's your relationship with Chris, because I do speak about this with you in person, and I say it to you guys quite Mm -hmm. a lot. I look up to you guys as a couple really a lot. Mm -hmm. You and there's a couple people in my life that I look up to. How do you feel you have built such a special relationship? And I love the thing you talked about before, and you probably didn't realize you said this, the way that when you said Chris would be around his friends or something. And you'd think that they would be like, Oh, she's a bit cuckoo. Whereas he had this empathy towards you mm. to be like, no, she's just going through some stuff and stayed by your side to help you get through that. For one, how thankful are you of Chris? Mm. And then, yeah, what's been the building blocks of your relationship?
2: Mm. So is my uh, part-time lover and my full-time friend, and he's the most important and special person in my life. And I'll cry thinking about him. <laughs> I adore him. I've been with him for 11 years. Um, I don't believe you find the perfect relationship. We don't believe you find the perfect relationship. I believe you create the perfect relationship. And I'm so, uh, I really hope and manifest that everyone finds a love and care and compassion and magic and fireworks that I have had with soul. And it is not always perfect and we have our moments, but we're two imperfect humans that are just committed to each other in many different ways that are always just wanting to make things work and so thankful for him. Mm. Like, I, you know, I've seen meditation save my life, but there's a big part in that that, mm. you know, soul was there when I found it all takes that. takes a
1: big man to go through that with you and learn yeah. meditation in there. It takes know, a 20s to learn it with you. And. Yeah, it
2: takes a big man to be with a chick that says, like, you know, she wants to kill herself and having had a father that killed himself and, you know, he was five, mm. like, he. I, I think I really traumatized him, unfortunately, in some ways. So I think back to that, like, I feel like he was kind of dealt a really interesting card there mm. with the partner that he found and the journey that he's been on. But so, so cool, like that we've done it together. And we are very lucky in the sense of my mission, like Soul is so supportive and we're very much like we're doing it together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it comes from like Mindspo, manifesting everything that we do comes from so much pain, um, mm-hmm. and from so much pain comes I, I believe so much beauty, and there is a lot of you know personal experience. Like this isn't just something like, Oh yeah, this would be cool a good money maker. It's like no, this is so much heart goes into mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, Soul is um soul's dope, man. He's like, he's like <laughs> yeah. I, he's the coolest dude, and I'm I'm so it's so cool. I hang out with my best friend every single day, and we're just I love We're it. We're just cruising. Yeah,
1: you guys together are just so much fun. It's so beautiful being around the Asia. Oh. I mean, I've been home in Sydney for a week and my parents have sent me like once. <laughs> and I've been telling them about you guys. And my mum's like, can I come over one day and meet them? They like, certainly touch legends. So you you like to meet my mum one day. Yeah, but I'd love one that. One thing I just want to quickly touch on and where I see from the outside looking in, you and Chris have such a strong relationship, is your open-mindedness to try new things mm-hmm. and find things that are good for you. Can you touch on what you guys have been doing with gratitude lately? Because yes. I think people listening to this podcast will get something out of it.
2: Yeah, so we have a gratitude practice, which is what are you grateful for times three, but it's out loud. And what it basically is, is I I realized for a very long time, gratitude is an absolute key in your mental health. And it's part of the Minds Meditation method. We get everyone to be grateful after they meditate, mm. but it's also something that I think... You know, we hear about gratitude all the time and you know, we write it down and we do things, but a lot of the time I feel like people don't actually take the time to go and do it. So I created this practice where I literally just asked soul, what are you grateful for times three, one for one. And a lot of the time we're on the back of the bike in Bali and I'll be on the back of soul and we will just say out loud what we're grateful for and why. And then I'll say what I'm grateful for and why. And we just go back and forth. And the thing that's been so amazing, not only from a happiness standpoint of, you know, I'm getting my daily gratitudes in, like we do it like three times a day normally, because <laughs> I if there's silence and I can feel one of our moods dropping, it's the first question I ask. Very solution-based person, not focused on the problems, like what's going right? Let's not focus on what's going wrong, let's focus on what's going right. But the crazy thing is that I've realized it's such a huge relationship foundation. I've been with Soul for 11 years, right? And we're a bit psychic. We know what's going on in each other's head. But the gratitude question, I have learned so much more about soul and what he cares about in his day-to-day life and what's important to him in his day-to-day life by asking him what he's grateful for. And sometimes soul is grateful for the most random shit. I'm like, I... I, I have not even thought about the Facebook H2 connector with the app with the Apple connecting or whatever, or he'll say, I'm really grateful for Mo, which is like a, a developer that we work with. But the things that he comes up with, they're not even on my radar. Mm. And having this daily conversation and check-in, I now have so much more perspective. For who he is as a person and what makes him tick. Mm. Like what turns him on? Like I know what turns him on in bed, but don't necessarily always know what turns him on inside his mind. And I, I've just had this like penny drop where I, I now have so much more empathy, understanding and compassion for certain things. Like I used to, you know, sometimes rush him with certain things that now I'm like, no, he's playing his game that I don't understand with his mate. And yesterday he said that that was the happiest he was all day. Mm. So just, let him do his thing. And I feel like sometimes we don't understand that people are different to us and they don't you know, think the same way that we do, even though you live with someone your whole entire life. Sometimes you don't realize that that one moment that someone had, maybe it's going out and having that coffee on the front porch. That was the thing that like made their day. And that practice with Soul has been so good for our relationship. I understand him so much more as a person. He understands me so much more as a person. I honestly, I do it with everyone. I do it with Alex the other day. I've done it with you guys. Like, what are you grateful for four times three? Like, say it out loud. Like, I want to know what excites you. I want to know what turns mm. you on. And I think that has been a really foundational thing for us.
1: Yeah, I think so many people listening can get a lot out of that. If you're in a relationship, which I'm sure a hell of a lot yeah. of people listening right now, I challenge you guys. And I'm mm. sure Rochelle will as well. Go home and tell the person who you're a partner with, and say, "Hey, I learned this thing around gratitude. Can we start doing this every day?" Yeah,
2: it's changed And the it's relationship. not because of,
1: it, it'll obviously help a lot of things, but it's for our relationship because I want to know what went well in your day so I can start to understand what mm-hmm. makes you tick. I think it's such an incredible. And
2: dude, this is the thing: people that are in long-term relationships, marriages, anything your partner that you live with is the person that you talk about problems with most of the time Mm -hmm. you go home some shit hits the fan who's the person you talk to your loved one right or your mom or your sister or your partner like these are the people that hear your problems But when was the last time you told them what you love? When was the last time you focused on the good with that person? Like, these are the people that you need to celebrate with. Mm. And we don't have, like, for me, it's like, it's been a daily practice of us celebrating what is going right every single day. And as you know, from, you know, the science, like we focus on the negative way more than we focus on the positive. Like, that's just the human mind. It's unfortunate Mm. that we do that. So this practice literally counteracts that.
1: Yeah, I think it's such a good one. If you're lying in bed with your partner every night, before you go to bed, go, yep. hey, well, what went well today for you? Yep. And you start to begin to see patterns and, and stuff.
2: And that will light up your reticular activating system, which basically and you allows you... Yeah, have way
1: better sex yeah. too.
2: Yeah, way better sex, way better sleep. <laughs> yeah, sex is good. Can't complain about sex. <laughs>
1: Oh, this has been such an incredible chat. Aww. I'm so um so stoked we finally got to do this. Yee. There's so much more that we could unpack. Maybe we'll do a little special one. Yeah. And when I'm in Cyprus, a little bonus spot oh, with Chris and maybe we'll do a live on Instagram or something with Chris and you. Yeah,
2: we should do a Cyprus. We'll do the whole setup in Cyprus. It'd be sick.
1: Maybe we'll do like a live pod with both of you Ooh. and Instagram live it, so people can ask questions while we're doing Love it. Love it. That could be fun. Yeah. Anyway. I know you've listened to a few of the podcasts yes so you know the question you're about to get i wonder how prepared you are for it but it is what does being a good human mean to rochelle fox
2: so i listened to a bunch of your podcasts before getting on this and i kept hearing this question and for me just the answer is really simple it's someone that leads with love so someone that puts love first and whether you're you know, going through anything in life you're always trying to get back to love because mm-hmm. i think love at the end of the day is just the foundation for everything and sometimes we don't do things from a place of love but if we can try and get back to love and get the rebound rate back to love then mm. that's the most important thing so leading with love leading with your heart i think that's what makes a good person and you're not going to be good all the time but as long as you're aiming to get back to love that's all mm, that matters your intentions
1: i love it yeah it's so beautifully put well thank you so much it's been incredible having this yeah. chat i've really enjoyed it i love that i didn't have to talk much Reaper made out oh, Damn it. <laughs> Um, But no, it was incredible. But yeah, thanks so much for jumping on. If anyone wants to find you, I'm going to leave the retreat stuff in the show mm-hmm. notes with maybe a discount code. We're going to put the, um, yeah, no, um Minds, uh,
2: Mindsbow the meditation course. Mindsbow meditation course. Yeah, That's we'll do that. Way. And then if you want to find me, I'm Rochelle underscore Fox on Instagram and also TikTok. I'm on yeah. TikTok quite a lot. So Rochelle underscore Fox there. Um, and yeah, manifeste apps in the app store. So go find that. Make I your mean, own po- manifestation movie, Cooper. I know, I've no, done I this suck. podcast. That's going to be a challenge. I'm going to make
1: the movie. No, no, I will. I'm yeah. really excited to. I'm going to do it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's Uh, been an absolute pleasure and I'll chat to everyone soon. Love you, mate. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap. You've made it all the way to the end of the episode and I'm so grateful for you for that. If you learned something new in today's episode, make sure you try and implement it into your life. So often we get great information and we become curious about something, but we don't act on it. So I challenge you, act on the new things you learn in this podcast because I guarantee they're going to make your life better. Another thing that'll make your life better is our Good Human Factory Feel Good School and Workplace Workshops. Over the last two years, I've developed a workshop that has been seen by close to 5,000 students and over 1,000 corporates. I wanted to make mental health cool and challenge the way people think about mental health. In the workshop, I deliver an hour of practical, easy-to-implement daily habits that'll improve your life. If you want to learn more about the workshop, please reach out to us. In the show notes, you'll see an inquiry form or just send me an email, cooper at thegoodhumanfactory.com, and I'll send you an information pack, mention the podcast, and I'll give you 10% off as well. Take care of yourself and have a great day.
0: This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.